welcome to the Position. It's almost the end of the month, and I know it's nearly the end of the month because I get to watch uh, my Patreon uh, funders scurry off the boat before the taxman comes a knocking. Um, that's something I've noticed. <laughs> I shouldn't complain because I still, you know, have a, a wonderful amount of people helping make stuff like this possible. But it is funny to watch. Just the, the last few days, it's like shit. We got to pay the piper. Everybody off the boat. Um, so that's that's an observation I've made today. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Jim Sterling. As always, I'm joined by Laura Kate. Hello. Hello. How are you this week? I'm fantastic, couldn't be better. And I am joined by, also by, Gavin, the miracle of sound. Don't don't get it wrong, this isn't like, like, Wish, which is like a lower level D&D spell. This is miracle of sound, okay? (laughs) You know, a cleric calls on his fucking deity to make this sound happen. Hello, Gav. Hello. How's everyone today? I'm still pretty good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Laura's good. She's been playing Euro Truck Simulator, uh, which is a game I love. <laughs> yeah, really? I've been I've been driving a truck around the UK today. Um, I keep going back and forth between Southampton and Dover. I can't afford my own truck. I did a U-turn on the motorway. I knocked my truck over sideways, so it was on its <laughs> side. I was three hours late to deliver something somewhere. I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> It's a pretty hard game, actually, isn't it? I find it pretty difficult. <laughs> okay, my, my favourite story of how hard that game is, uh, it started raining and I realised I didn't know how to turn the windscreen wipers on and I was barreling yeah. down the motorway, so I'm pressing the buttons on my keyboard and I turned the engine off. So I managed to turn my engine off at 70 miles an hour down the motorway, approaching a corner in the rain in the dark because I couldn't find the windscreen wipers. And it's at that moment you think the real Euro Truck Simulator begins here. <laughs> it's it's one of those games that it's hard to really sort of nail down the principles, but once you do, it, you enter a very zen-like state. It's it's a game that I found myself enjoying, um, even though I wasn't doing too much mechanically. You know, once you get into a flow, you're just cruising down the motorway, um, but like with the French radio on. You know, because it's got all these different radio stations that I I'm, I think are real radio stations. It actually apprehends internet radio from around Europe. And so you know, I've got French radio playing, uh, cruising down the motorway, making sure that the structural integrity of my frozen peas are at a high enough ratio. Uh, feeling good. It's, it's a game that you think is a joke because there are so many. This was really before when it first came out. And when Euro Truck Simulator 2 came out and got a lot of attention, it was before like all these big simulators came out and turned the whole thing into a running joke. Um, but even back then, people were like... They, they bought it because they thought it was a laugh, because everyone's raving about how good it is. It must There must be some irony there. And then you play it, and that's how I played it. I, I considered, I thought it was all ironic praise. And then after ten minutes, it's like, I see why people like this. And then I couldn't stop playing. It's crazy just... Uh... It's crazy just how many simulators there are, isn't it? I mean, what well, what doesn't have a simulator these there's, days? There's a lot of useless simulators, and this is one where it's like, no, this is actually a pretty good simulation of what you're doing. Yeah, like it's a functional... It's, it it yeah. makes you... This is how it must feel to be a European truck driver, lonely on the road, listening to, you know, the local sounds. Mm. Um, I, want to, I want to play the Irish Postal Service simulator where you can, like you know, 
play the postman as he like stops for a cigarette break and throws people's music instruments around in the back of his van <laughs> and stamps on them and breaks them. Funnily enough, that sounds a lot like the United States Postal Service. Uh, is, is that a fragile thing you have in, in this package? Let's see if we can smash it up so that yeah. it fits in the mailbox. Uh, or, or let's leave a note that says you weren't home, even though I never went to the fucking door. And Jim knows I never went to the fucking door because he works from home and is there all the time. Actually, I tend to find going through the UK in airports, uh, our stuff tends to get broken a lot. I don't know, is it like a thing of like, it's Irish, break it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're being singled out. Airports do have an actual, it's called a luggage smashing machine. And they, it, it, they call it a machine. It's a big box, and in that box is a huge dude with a hammer. And he just works over the luggage like once or twice and then throws it out the other side. And then it continues on its journey. <laughs> Look at us um, doing observational humour like a whole bunch of Jerry Seinfelds. Oh, goodness. I have an update from last week's podquisition, because a thing happened that I'm just gloating about it wherever the fuck I can I can get people to listen how great Go my on. life is. You gotta tell you gotta tell the audience because it's awesome story it's an awesome story last time we recorded this i was heading out to go see gerard way and to make a very long story short i ended up playing tambourine on stage with him so that was pretty interesting they were badass photos you work in the tambourine and him looking looked like he was having a heart attack but i think that's just how he sings (laughs) i I saw the video the video was very cool you looked so happy laura it was awesome i forgot how to walk while i was on that stage (laughs) Couldn't remember how to walk. Like, if you watch, I can only walk in time with my tambourine beats because I forgot how my legs worked. It was it was an experience. No, it was really cool. He seems like a really cool dude. Oh, he seems lovely. Anyway, we should talk some video games. Oh, yeah. I, I, I always forget that that's what we're here for. Um, what happened? What's going on? Who's this? I've been playing Dying Light. That- oh, tell us about Dying Light. How is this? I just downloaded it. Um, yeah, well, I just downloaded it as well. Thanks, Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I got the review code uh, the day before launch, along with everybody else. Um, I played it, basically mainlined it for two whole days. Um, and my review's up on thejimquisition.com if you want to read it. Uh, I gave it a 5 out of 10, so let's get that out of the way right now. Oh, um, dear. That, that must mean it's fundamentally broken and you see no value in it and you think it's the worst game ever. Is that right? Well, of course. Yes, that is the lowest score a game can ever get. Um, no, no, it's... It, it, on my scale, that's mediocre, down the middle of the road, true neutral, the average of averages. And actually, one of the hardest reviews to write because it, because it, you struggle to say anything one way or the other. Um, it's not a bad oh. game. It, so is is it pretty much... This, this, uh, everything you're saying about it now makes me think Dead Island. Actually, you'll love it, Gav. Yeah. Because it copies Ubisoft so oh. hard. <laughs> it rides the Ubisoft horse until them legs don't work no more. Um, until they're is basically like Laura like... on a stage with Gerard Way. Um, <laughs> it is so, so. I get an open world with things to explore and things to do. Um, um, that's all good with me. You get an open world with things to pick up. 
um, oh, because doodads to collect. Yeah, that's content <laughs> these days. It's just yeah. fill a map with icons that you pick up. Um, so there's collectibles. There you are. You know the mighty whitey stereotype hero parachuted into a foreign land full of locals who couldn't help themselves before you came <gasps> along uh, to help them. Um, and you meet the leader, the the leader of these uh, survivors, who also is the exact same trope. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, you go in. Uh, you're working for a group who um, basically uh, an organisation who seemed to graduated from Evil Incorporated. They they couldn't be the most stereotypical. Almost for immediately, it's not even a twist. Almost immediately, they are you know the callous disconnected command um, you're, you're in the middle of these group of people who you don't know or care about doing shit I don't fucking care for um, at one point something happens to a character you know a bad thing happens to a character not a you know I'll keep it vague because I don't want to spoil things um, but you know zombie apocalypse bad thing happens to a character hardly a shocker uh, and a character over the radio says oh, I'm sorry I knew you were close no, no, I, I met him yesterday, and we had 50 sentences between us. Um, it's very desperate with its attempts you know, to be you emotional. You what that reminds me of? Mm. I don't know if you guys played Titanfall. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, there was, like, one part of that where they do they do the campaign, like, through the multiplayer, and there's, like, this one part where this dude is on your radio going, it's been an honour serving with you, like, making this heroic sacrifice, and you're like, who the fuck who are, are you, you dude? Yeah. Am I supposed to be feeling emotions about this? Because who the fuck are you? Like I said in the review, it reminds me of a sociopath trying to mimic human emotions and overdoing it because they don't know how people actually feel. Um... Many games do this now, and, and I, I bring up Ubisoft because uh, they can often be culprits of it, or Far Cry especially, of these characters who are so into what's going on, and you're like, excuse me, can I be given a reason to be as into this as you are? Uh, because these guys have history, like, all these NPCs have history with each other, history with the region and what's going on, and you're there, spo- supposed to be this duck, like, like fish out of water, um, but they never integrate you beyond that so you remain a fish out of water and remain uh, un- unconnected to the events and so it's when they start talking to you like oh this matters so much I have many feelings you're like I, I don't have those feelings mate what are you on about sorry. Jim you don't have the gruff man feelings you got to feel about <laughs> these things Stop I'm so angry I punched a TV oh you um, ain't got no feelings I'm Jim a manly man yeah, Oh, that's what I'm it's going down to watch football. Why has this become me, and why am I watching football? <laughs> Stop! I, part of the part of the agreement for having you on this show is you can never lampoon me. That's a new thing. Um, <laughs> Jim's going to go down the pub now and see some girls and go, oi, 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 oi. Why have I, I become this white? I, I was born and raised in Erith, but I am oh, no God. white van man. I, I apologise, Jim. This um, is going to be my final episode of the Podquisition because I I can't do this if I'm not allowed to lampoon you. That's just not going to work for me. Well, I may amend the contract uh, to allow for it. Um, so, yeah, that's Dying Light. It's not bad, but that's because it's not ambitious enough to risk ever being bad. Um, it's so play it safe, so by the numbers, you know, zombies, crafting, radio towers you got to climb, um, collectibles on the map, 
Uh, even the day-night cycle, um, which was the big thing. Like, when I played it two years ago at PAX Prime, I was very excited for it because it was this awesome game of uh, run out during the day and run back while it gets dark because that's when the monsters, like, the, the zombies mutate into scary things. And then mm. in in the full game, it's just, I don't know, just a, a light stealth mechanic. And the zombies are so stupid that you can easily outmaneuver them. And you're rewarded for doing so. You get extra XP at night, uh, and especially if you um, get caught by the enemies at night and run and evade them successfully. So what became this, what started out as this scary, oh my god, they're after me, I've got to hide from them, I don't want to be spotted, becomes... No, I do want to be spotted because I'm rewarded for that and I get more video game fun time points. And it just becomes so... It stops being this tense, scary survival horror cat and mouse and just becomes video games! Which, you know, isn't bad, but everything is so video games. So when I, when I have this opportunity to feel frightened and then can't be because it's like, no, no, I'm doing this for the points, um, you know, I lose my connection with the game. Uh, so you'll love it, Gav. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to feel bad. You'll love it. And that sounded like I was being insulting. Like this game is shit. Oh, you'll like it, Gav. You little man, you. Um, well, speaking speaking of different tastes, guys, um, I got further into Resident Evil HD, and um, that game is very tedious. <laughs> yeah, not. I, you're I was over very. It. Kind of, uh, I, I mean, it's really good, and the mansion is a fantastic masterpiece of level design, but holy fuck, <laughs> looking at Doors Opening Simulator 2015, <laughs> like, half half your time in that game is watching Doors Opening. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm torn between wanting, I want them removed, but then I worry I'd miss them if they were gone, so I'm in this horrible Schrodinger's mm. Door situation. But- I I recently went back and replayed Luigi's Mansion and I felt the complete same way about its doors was like I want to not have to watch this slow door opening animation anymore except I know if it was gone I would miss it because just little shaky hand Luigi I'd miss him maybe if they just left it in for the first time you enter each room but but with the inventory system the way it is you're backtracking to and from mm. these corridors so many times and with the rooms the size they are there's no excuse for the loading screens to be that long really well i heard you could tell the um i heard you could at least in the original pc port of it unless i'm reading it wrong i heard you could turn them off on the pc version i don't know if you can do that now with the this re-release because i know you can't on ps4 because i looked i don't think so yeah like i'm sure there was some instance where they could be turned off like if you had the option because you're right they they were originally on the PSX version, not because it made the game scarier. In fact, I need to do a, a Jimquisition on this, because there are so many things in Resident Evil that people think exist just to make it scary when there was some other reason for it. Um, mm. But, yeah. Like, uh, the, like the controls. Yeah, there are many <laughs> misconceptions the about the controls. Um, there are lots of well, happy accidents. Oh, there are lots of happy accidents. Do you know what I think is, that- is so oh. funny? Uh, is that um, you, you, you either use the terrible tank controls or you use that new control where you'll be running to the side, then the screen will change camera angle and you'll turn backwards instinctively you'll and run back out. into yeah. the zombie's <laughs> arms. But then I, I quite like the tank controls. I've been replaying Resident yeah. Evil 2, as I said, uh, last week. And mm. honestly, people... Again, another misconception about what makes it scary. People are like, well, 
part of the reason why the game is so scary is because the controls are deliberately shit. And it's mm. like, playing Resident Evil 2, I feel many elements of it due to the simplicity of it and the way they dealt with their limitations. Yeah. So much of it has aged better than the modernization of the series that began with Resident Evil 4. Um, I find yeah. going back to Resident Evil 4 tougher than going back to Resident Evil 2 um, because I just feel the simplicity in that archaic design let it age a lot better. Um, you know, it's part of the principle as to why something like Tetris feels so timeless, whereas something like Gears of War uh, depreciates quicker. Um, you say that Tetris feels timeless. Um, as we learnt recently, it doesn't necessarily feel timeless. It can age pretty badly if if Ubisoft yeah, get their hands in the jar. Tetris that isn't published by Ubisoft <laughs> is timeless. Yes. Yes. Even um, the most timeless of things stop being timeless when Ubisoft touches them. Yes. Uh, in fact, they stop being many things once Ubisoft touches them. Um, but that's enough for that. I'm sure we've got no reason to talk about Ubisoft this week. We do have a reason to talk about Ubisoft this week, though, oh, Jim. Good. Ah, I'm so glad you said that. Um, so I don't know how to feel about this story. Um, basically, it's a weird one. Yeah, there are people who had Far Cry 4 keys on PC that stopped working and they found that their copy of Far Cry 4 was just disappearing from their PC and it turns out Ubisoft had been disabling certain keys bought through third-party resellers so this is not people who've bought it through Steam or Origin or Uplay or whatever the fuck you buy it through people who bought it from Sir Fuxalot's shady den of PCKeys.com or whatever. Do website. not buy from Sir Fuxalot Shady Dan of PC Keys, by the way. If, if <laughs> that's what it's called, the clues in the night. Yes. So you should probably know by now that you know his his is not the safest of websites. But here's the thing: you buy your keys through him, and you think, okay, well, I paid for it. The key works. Everything's fine. And then your game disappears. And Ubisoft, it turns out, they've turned around and said, oh yes. Your PC key that you bought through this reseller was bought using a stolen credit card. So we're going to take away your copy of the game that you paid money for to someone. But the people who stole the keys and that bought them with shady credit cards, they're not entitled to, to repay you. They don't have to pay you back. So the people who bought these third party keys no longer have the game and the people who sold them have the money. So that's yeah, a story. It's... Yeah. It's one of those instances, one of those rare instances where as much as I love having a crack at Ubisoft, it's it's a delicate enough situation to mm. where I kind of get it. Well, it, I, I, I get why they would disable access to the game. Yeah. Well, I get, that I, the, get, I, I get that the idea is like those people who've had it disabled will not buy from a third party reseller again because they'll be worried of that happening. That's the idea. But in this particular instance... It feels like like the downside is obviously that you're punishing consumers rather yeah, than the people who you know actually stole from you. That's obviously where it gets more complex because in this situation, Ubisoft's you know Ubisoft have not really been affected. Uh, the resellers um, have just gotten free money, and the people who bought the game got fucked. And you, yeah. you are right there. That is. Again, I see why Ubisoft did it, but at the same time, it really fucking sucks that Ubisoft did it. Yeah, well, this and, is, this is why it, I said I didn't know how to feel about it, because it's yeah. like, I completely understand why they did it, what they're hoping to achieve, and they will probably be successful in scaring those consumers away from third-party resellers, but 
also this is not a way of dealing with that problem that punishes the people who did the thing wrong and avoids punishing the customers who you want yeah, to keep buying it, your games it doesn't help and I guess their their logic would probably be that if they disable it, then they if they still want to play Far Cry, they can repurchase it from them, mm. uh, and then Ubisoft gets their money. Um, but it is tough. I mean, I'm I'm not too up on the law for physical stuff, but I mean, if you buy a stolen car, and the cops like find out, like I mean, it's not your car. As as if I. Rem- I'm thinking about the law correctly. I could be totally wrong. I need a, if a, any comment, if any listener is a legal expert, maybe you can clear that up. But uh, as far as I'm aware, if well, you buy stolen goods, then they get taken off you and, and returned I, to the owner. I, th- I think what the difference is is like once they catch the person who stole the thing, they then will they attempt to reimburse that, yeah. like seek damages and try and reimburse that money back to to you who bought the stolen car. Which does yeah, not seem to be the case the, here with these keys. one of the major differences. Um, yeah, no one got punished for the actual theft, only the people who, who bought it. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously the big takeaway lesson is is don't buy from third party. If someone's selling you a digital game on somewhere like eBay or from some third party place, probably best not to tangle uh, with that particular snake. Um, but, it, God, it, it, you can tell by how much I'm stuttering, because I do not know what the best course of action is in that situation. Uh, I will say that right now. Um, seek legal aid is yeah. my advice to everyone, including myself. Uh, get some advice from someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about, are in you, all instances. Jim, are you suggesting you don't know everything about the law in every situation? I am not confirming that. <laughs> I merely let the implication stand and others may uh. translate as they will. Oh, goodness. Side note, I just entered the M5 on my way up to Cardiff, so uh, so far I've not nice. had too bad of a drive. I've not crashed into anything yet. Um, everything's road, going well. I'm about to have a very large like circle, and this is the big circular turning where I knocked my truck on its side earlier today, so hopefully I won't do that this time. That's the other good thing about Euro Truck Simulator is how you can do other things while playing it. It's, yeah. In fact, someone was uh, talking about uh, someone was talking about what they call podcast games uh, in my Dying Light review because they just mm. they said from my description it sounds like that would be good for them. There's people who listen to podcasts while playing video games, and there are certain games that they can just sort of tune out while playing and listen to other things and I never I never got that and I never got um you know the way sometimes people listen to music while they game Mhm I tried that I once. never and I just to me it's like you're kind of um diluting the experience somewhat by doing y- that Eurotruck yeah. is probably the first game I found that I can actually do this I'm just here like you know what screw it I want to keep driving my truck so um I'm just going to put on my you know hands-free headset and make this call from my truck. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I admire good your ability to. Uh, I admire your ability to multitask. I would not I, be able to do that. I, I don't know much about cars. I've, I've that... trouble enough paying attention, like when I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> Gavin, do you know anything about a really yeah. big metal bridge on the way to Cardiff from England? Because I think I'm driving um, over that. A metal bridge, like yeah, that, sounds the, pretty awesome. Like, is there guys on it, like with? Long hair and like Slayer t-shirts, <laughs> headbanging. Yeah. Um. What's the name of the big um 
Iron Maiden monster thing. Eddie. Eddie. Eddie's just towering over this bridge like, rock music. That would be an awesome bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Rock music. (laughs) I can just imagine it. It's a big skull. Just rock music. You know they actually do bring Eddie out at the gigs. They have like big, uh, big fake Eddies. I, I if he doesn't do that cons- though, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I went to I'm one of their concerts. Set. Unfortunately, he did not shout rock music. <laughs> rock music. You know, That's it's funny how people are uh, always surprised by how not heavy Iron Maiden are. They're yeah, very. Um, you very can you can understand soft. the words that they're singing, which is more than like yeah. a lot of metal bands. Yeah. I wish They're more probably would do my it. favorite band actually I do wish more that sort of in that area of, of like I wish more metal would put a lot more melody into their stuff because there are some like cradle of filth when Danny <laughs> when Danny filth isn't just sounding like Starscream and Dr. Claw fucking each other they do some fantastic shit um, it's it's all the that I don't quite get. <laughs> I have. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll link today. you a lot of stuff. There's there's hundreds upon hundreds of very melodic uh, metal bands. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's just it's just it's you have to find them. That's mm-hmm. the problem. that's the Thank thing. I kind of love my iPod in that um, I've told this story before, but I love when my iPod just goes between Dolly Parton and Cradle of Filth. It's my favorite <laughs> thing on shuffle. <laughs> Oh, fuck off! There is a fucking car that's just parked in the middle of the road. It won't let me get past. And I'm on a junction. It's parked in the middle of a fucking junction. And it's just not moving. Uh, uh, I used to... I, when I used to play it, because I don't anymore, because uh, I, 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 I would never do anything else. Um, nothing pisses me off more in any driving simulator game than when the cars just sit there. Because well, it's not like Grand Theft Auto or Saints Row. You can't get out and then yeah. kick them out of the car and well, take it. Here's the or problem. just plow through them. Well, here's the problem I've got. I can't overtake the thing because it's on a junction. And even when it starts moving, I'm now on zero miles an hour at the bottom of a steep hill. Because I should have been like, because this is a motor, like a junction just coming off a motorway, I should have had speed. So I'm going to be trying to climb a hill on a heavy truck with no speed because this fucking car's stopped in the fucking junction. It's horse's ass. It's horse's ass. It is horse's ass. That's what it is. Thank you. <laughs> fucking video games think of the frozen peas Laura think uh, of the frozen peas I, I am, they've got to get there on time I'm, I'm taking they've got the, to get there this, yeah. this looks like it's June are you, going, t- are you going to Cardiff or from Cardiff I'm going to Cardiff with a truckload of Christmas presents though it looks like it's June okay. it does so, not look I mean, like Christmas some, you have to make sure some poor little Welsh kiddies are going to get their Christmas presents I mean come yeah. on can you? I mean, living in Wales is bad enough anyway. <laughs> well, I can't put up with this <laughs> fucking other drivers on the road. Like somehow I'm still flawless on this this particular drive, but it's not for lack of wanting to rear end these fuckers. Ah! <laughs> this is making me so fucking angry. Ah! I've never been to Wales. Have you guys been to Wales? Uh, yes. I've- when I was very young, I bought a baby boglin there. I, I mean, I could have bought a baby boggling from anywhere, but I got one from there. It glowed in the dark. So I went to Wales for a single day. I went to one shop on the high street, and I went home. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to do Wales. I was just like, yeah, um, I went to Cardiff, I went on one shop on the high street, and I went home. I felt like I'd seen enough of Cardiff at that point. 
I was there for a week when I was about, God, about t- maybe 10 years old um, in a big house, um, the, like this big stately manor type place that had dorms because um, I guess kids went there on field trips and stuff. Um, and that is the first time I ever saw Reeves and Mortimer. Um, was an episode of, of The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer on the TV in the room. Um, al- almost fell in a river, didn't. Uh, walked in a lot of mud, uh, saw the River Severn, uh, bought a baby boglin, went down a mine shaft, and that was all I can remember. Oh. I do remember one teacher being annoyed at us for pretending we were asleep um, when we'd been up playing with Ajax. Cause there I was fell in Ajax a river in once. Bar. I fell in a river as a teenager on a school trip. We were uh, now kiddies. Drugs like are drugs, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad, and I don't do them anymore. But back in my teenage days, we dabbled a little, and uh, we were doing some some substances. And a car backed up over a bridge, and I took a step backwards and fell off the fucking bridge into the river. <laughs> And this was in this was in the Gaeltacht, which is the Irish-speaking area. So this is we were brought down here to learn to speak Irish. So I had to go with all my fucking wet clothes and explain to the teacher in Irish how I had fallen into the river. <laughs> oh goodness! I this is like a sliding door scenario, though, because I didn't fall in the river and you did as a kid. Yeah. So I believe we were once one person. And our Maybe. lives went in different ways, and yet somehow still crossed paths as you became a kind of a pop star, and I became <laughs> a fat blogger. So <laughs> The falling in the river was the turning point. Basically, if any kids are listening, and I know they do, they, I've got impressionable youths who listen, if you ever see a river, especially in Ireland or Wales, any, any place sort of with, with a tertiary connection to uh, the United Kingdom... Um, you know, if you see it, jump in it. If you and want you, to be you a you too could turn into Jim Sterling. Yeah, well, you almost fall in it if you want to be me. So you just yeah. sort of slide near it and then stop yourself. Yeah. Or if you want to be an Irish musician, mm. jump right in on drugs. And well, that's my more, advice It's more like fall, fall right in. Uh, fall trip, off a bridge. Trip over and it. fall right in and ruin your lovely walk, man. Uh. There's, there's a third path you can take, which is the path I took, which is that I've ended up in the river many years earlier at the age of about seven. I had just learnt to ride a bike without stabilisers and I fell off of the path I was cycling on through several, several patches of stinging nettles, then into the river. So, okay, so there's your third option. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to be a, a prolific, I'm sorry, for, I'm sorry for laughing. If you want to be a prolific a writer and podcaster who played tambourine next to Gerard Way, right? Then get a bike and some stinging nettles, and you're well on your way. So that's life advice from Podquisition to you. Yeah. Kids. Also, I've don't don't really jump in the river though. No, I, mean, I should point don't out. Don't end up like Jeff Buckley and you know. <laughs> don't. Don't don't do a Jeff Buckley in a river, and do not bicycle through stinging nettles. So we, we, that's the disclaimer. I'm having a very bad time over here. I got my truck stuck on some railings. Like I am like thirty seconds away from where I'm supposed to be dropping off these kiddies' toys, and I can't do it because I I stuck the front of my lorry on some on some railings. So the entire <laughs> rest of this episode is going to be me stuck at seven o'clock in the evening on this railing. Just fuck it, I can't get off the railing. That sounds like my school days. Oh, oh! I managed to get off the railing, but I crashed into a car. This is not... No, don't drive in front of me. I'm trying to turn around, you fucking cars. 
I keep picturing you like actually in a big truck now having genuine road rage. Uh, I wish I was because then I could get out and punch the fuckers in the face, which I can't be do. A fun, be a you know, fun you're going to have to you're going to have to go and play GTA after this just to uh, to 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 satisfy that urge to Exercise speed down the demons. The, yeah. Or Red Faction Guerrilla. Do you ever play that game? No, but if it will let when me, you, when you when oh, you yeah. when you get in your car in that game, it becomes like the heaviest object known to man, mm-hmm. and smashes every other vehicle out of the way. It's brilliant. Oh. It feels like when you smash a building in Guerrilla, it feels like you are breaking glass, but in like yeah, this really yeah. therapeutic way. Like the way that because the buildings don't just fall apart um, and crumble; they come off in bits like shards Mm. it's beautiful Um, although controversial opinion I actually enjoyed uh, Armageddon, Red Faction Armageddon a bit more than Gorilla and I know that's um, yeah I was going to say it went for the Dead Space 3 train of sequels uh, which is let's take everything that was good about the game and remove it (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is because I know it's it's smaller and more linear and constrained Um, and and it's all in tunnels and it should be... I know, everything it does should be um, bad. I should find it distasteful, but there was... I don't know, there was something about it. Like, I didn't think it was brilliant, but there was something that I the, the, enjoyed. The magnet gun was genius. Mm. I mean, that was an inspired... It was pretty little... fantastic. Mm. Uh, I have some video game news to talk about, because, you know, someone's got to keep this thing on the video games track. Um so says she as she's like stuck in a traffic jam. <laughs> hey, 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 I started a new I started a new mission. I'm going from Grimsby to the Netherlands now. Um but no, talking about countries, um Greece you know Greece is a country that has a fucked up economy. Um they're gonna sort everything out now because Valve's economist is going to potentially become Greece's finance minister which I think means that Greece is going to be the greatest economy in the world through the sale of hats to its its national people. That is brilliant. I, that's, if, that's, they, if you commit yeah. a crime in Greece, the finance minister comes and takes all your trading cards away. And then he sells them himself for 50 pence each and the country is saved. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. Parking violations, right? If there are too many of them in a given year, Half-Life 3 is pushed back another 10 years. I think Half-Life 3 is uh, just never coming out. It's just... I think when, it is the entirety when, of Greece. <laughs> it's, this is a meta thing. <laughs> the Greece country is Half-Life, Half-Life 3. 3. <laughs> yeah, and then when well, people it's say, not where too is far it? Off They're it, like, to be it's honest. already here. It's Greece. And then everyone goes over there spends all their money, tourism just goes through the roof, finance minister gets praised, comes back to Valve with the rewards, which is novelty plates for smashing. Is is that the, the, the export of Greece, novelty plates? Novelty plates for smashing. That was the only stereotypical Greece thing I could think of that didn't involve me dying. What because else did Greeks... They invented um, gayness. And they invented. Um, <laughs> Did the you Olympics. say they invented gayness? Yeah. That's a Father, That's a Ted, Father Ted joke. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, invented gayness. I hear you're a racist now, Father. Uh, that's a good episode of Father Ted. If anyone wants to uh, watch it, mm. um, 
they're all good. All the episodes of Father's Day. They are all good. But that one's particularly good, where he he accidentally becomes a a, a Nazi. Yeah. It's got one of my favourite jokes in it when he says that he's he's not a race he's not a fascist he's a priest because fascists yeah. dress in black and tell you what to think. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas we. Yeah. Whereas we. Um, my favourite ever line from Father Ted is when Dougal goes. Sometimes I think I love eggs so much I could just turn into a big egg, and Ted says, "I think that process has already begun, mm-hmm. Dougal." <laughs> um, it was on. I don't know. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. But they had all of them on Netflix for a while. So I, I will update this podcast as soon as it comes back because that stuff's normally cyclical. But so it is pretty. That great, show was pretty uh, controversial here when it came out, actually, because <laughs> they they wouldn't even make it in Ireland because it was making fun of the church. So they had to make it over in England and then ship it back here. Well, not ship it, but you know what I mean. Broadcast it back here. Pretty controversial at the time. I remember one episode of that program called Kicking Bishop Renham at the Arse. Up the Arse. That is all I remember (laughs) of that show, is Kicking Bishop Renham up the Arse. Mm. um, At school, we used to uh, shout, because in the follow-up episode to that, where Bishop Renham gets kicked up the Arse and is such a... He, he is not used to disrespect, so he just basically blue screens and is uh, in this sort <laughs> yeah. of coma- catatonic state <laughs> yeah, until he yeah. meets the Pope. And it then takes just, him a while to reboot. <laughs> just screams, like he, the, the Pope comes to meet him, he just screams in the Pope's face, He <laughs> did kick me up the arse! <laughs> and then just pushes the Pope out the way and runs back. And then there's that image of him running to the house with his bishop robe behind him like a cape just Krilly! Krilly! it is one of my and what um, about this cabbage <laughs> also um, that, that show is was from like, that show I got the phrase you little bollocks which I call everyone you little bollocks. don't call yeah. me Len you little bollocks <laughs> you little bollocks you know it was so <laughs> accurate uh, of Ireland at the time that show especially with like the, the culture stuff like most of our culture, apart from our music in that era, was pretty much like cheap knockoffs of something else from another culture, if you get me. Like uh, mm-hmm. the, the episode where they're at the fairground and it's like this really cheap, shitty version of an amusement park that you might find in like, what's that big English one called? I don't know. Golden but, Towers. Uh, yeah, but Ireland actually really was like that at the time and it was <laughs> bitingly accurate. Great show. It was a good show. And so that is Podquisitions, television, Irish television recommendation of the week. <laughs> Video games. See, they want to make a sitcom about the famine now. I heard about that. Yeah, it's a big controversy. I, I, I say go ahead and do it. Risky, I, I but at the yeah. same time, it wouldn't be the first time, you know, they, that something like dark like that has been used as the backdrop for a comedy. I mean, yeah. uh, the World War One series of Blackadder, Blackadder Goes <gasps> Forth, oh. was like... Not only fucking funny, but like emotionally affecting and yeah, exactly. incredibly like like vicious in its takedown of of that style of leadership. Of, People of forget that war. comedy is often a, a fantastic way of creating empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 if you set it against a tragic backdrop, like some beautiful art can be made. Mm. Um, so I'm not about to write it off. I mean, as soon as I hear that, say, you know, Graham Norton's in it and is just going to be, like, going, I'm feeling hungry. To be fair, fair, Graham Norton was in um, Father Ted and he didn't ruin it. Well, he didn't ruin it, but he's maybe not someone you want in a a 
sitcom about the Irish famine. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in Father Ted, as they would have Father to... Noel, he was fantastic in Father Ted. Oh, amazing. <laughs> they would have to be sensitive with it. and But I think, like, I think it could be a good thing because people don't really understand what actually happened in the famine very much. Like, mm-hmm. I, you get a lot of Americans who say, oh, the potatoes died and that's what happened. And it's like, well, it, it, not really. There was, like, more than enough potatoes. Just England took them all. <laughs> You bastards! <laughs> yeah, um, I accidentally detached my trailer and drove off a bridge. Oh no. I'm really yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to put all that colonial guilt into you. <laughs> it's not ideal. I know, we, we didn't um, need to do that, Laura. We were here yeah. talking about historical context. Is it the metal context. bridge? <laughs> we're talking about historical context and the, you know, the Irish famine and everything, and detracting from the real issues. Of Christmas presents in Cardiff and going Laura, to Laura, did Eddie not catch you when you drove off the bridge? <laughs> He's a pretty strong dude. He should be able to lift you back up. Yeah, problem is, I was trying to turn my windscreen wipers off. I detached the uh, the trailer. I then panicked and swerved off a bridge. <laughs> so, yeah, shouldn't have done any of those things. Oh, well, you live and you learn. Some yeah. poor Welsh well, kid has just had their, you know, their dinner ruined. Well, no, the presents are still fine. They're up on the bridge. I detached them before I drove into the river. I'm probably dead, but someone else can go drive them to the Welsh kids. If anything, what you've done is instigated a Mad Max scenario where the Welsh kids break into the trailer, distribute the presents among themselves, and then fight over it with bits of wood and wearing hockey masks, (laughs) wielding, you know, lead pipes wrapped in barbed wire. Uh, So... If anything, you've done Wales a service. <laughs> I honestly believe that a Mad Max economy is what will save Europe. <laughs> you know, you talk about your fucking UKIP and, and all their shit, right? What about the post-apocalyptic scenario? You know, um, I believe it, it will... First of all, right, it'll eliminate sexism because everyone's going to have to fight for what they've got. And no one's going to turn down a set of able hands, right? So people's petty prejudices will be cast aside, right? Second of all, the economy will be fixed because there will be because money will be inherently worthless. That's one of the first things they do in a post-apocalyptic film to show how you know pointless everything we have is. Is oh, money's got no value now. Aren't we clever for pointing that out? Well, no, no, no. That, if they, if it's that easy, right? Just have an apocalypse. And then no one will give a shit about money. There will be no economic problems. Good. Education, no longer an issue because the kids will either be dead or killing each other. So that's good, right? (laughs) Housing crisis, not a problem. If you can kill the residents, you own the house. Fairly simple situation. Food, it'll last for as long as there are people to eat. So that's that's my pointed plan for a stable Europe. A, a stable Europe is a Are you sure you're still not Europe. just reciting British Empire history there? Uh, yeah. If you kill the owners of the house, it's yours now. <laughs> it worked. It worked for is, a while. Is that how the potato famine happened? If you kill the owner of the potatoes, you get the potatoes. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how it's, it's in, It was England's way of dealing with the world, basically, until yeah. like the it was, 90s. It was what it was, was England predicting how um, popular uh, chips were going to be on a Saturday night, you see. So they had, to, they had to be prepared for that, you know. 
Yeah, no one ever sees it from their side of history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got all of these old newspapers and no chips to put in them. It's, we need to make these frozen oven chips so that some idiot can eat can eat one off the floor someday on a podcast. We'd better pre- create exactly. the potato famine. I can't get on this bloody ferry. My friend ate old chips once. How old? Really old, uh, to the point where people used to look at him and go, "Old chips," like that, um, because that reminded him of the time he ate an entire batch of really old chips, and then was at the bus station, at the bus stop, and the bus was coming past. He put his hand out to stop the bus, and joining his hand was a stream of vomit from his mouth. <laughs> Uh, most most of my old sort of acquaintances from England, most of their stories involve poo or sick. So that's another little glimpse into my history. Why does that not surprise me at all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the place, there's a place I used to live, which became legendary on sort of older podcasts I did because I used to talk about it a lot. That was just called the Flat, uh, and it was in Bromley, um, right on the High Street. Um, and one of my favorite, what the thing that typified my living experience there, apart from the time where we uh, tried to stalk Greg Scott, who was a TV host of uh, Quizmania at two a.m., um, one of the most like, like the perfect glimpse into that flat was there was a stain on the wall, and nobody knew if it was marmite, blood, or shit. <laughs> It was definitely going to be one of those three things, and it was really a toss-up as to what it was, if not Marmite and shit, I mean, you're, you're, you know, big, not really that big a difference there, to be honest. Well, very true. Mm. Um, although, inc- incidentally, and I don't just say this to be different and look clever, Marmite, it's all right. I neither love nor hate it, despite what the commercials say about <gasps> how polarising it is. I could take or leave it. I'll eat a Marmite sandwich. I might not. Can't put me in a box. Oh, can't put Jim in a box. Can't do it. Not possible. Well, yeah. It has to be a pretty big a box. Joke. I was going to say, it would oh, have to be a pretty big do it. box. Okay. Yeah, sorry. It's like, you, right, can't put, you can't put him in a box that's not a big enough box. Not a big uh, enough box. Because uh, I'm a weight problem that I have. Because, um, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad now. I'm sorry, Jim. Guys. <laughs> Okay, oh. um, if, if it makes you feel uh, like less bad about the, the, the horrible mean joke I just made, um, I got a ferry to Europe in, in the truck, and I instantly crashed headfirst into a car because I didn't realise that this European country I've landed in drives on the other side of the road. So Wouldn't that be a lesson? Yeah, I just went headfirst into of a me. car. Make fun of me, and then you forget what side of the road to drive on in a different country. And I just so. realised I haven't been paying any attention to my map. I'm miles off course. I don't even know. Like, my sat-nav <laughs> isn't even telling me where the course is anymore. So, let's do a U-turn on the motorway and go work out where I'm meant to be. Incidentally, don't eat a spoonful of Marmite. Marmite's oh. the best. I will eat I, Marmite I, by the spoonful. Happily. I like it. It's alright. But I, if you eat like, it's too intense. No. And um, for our American listeners, Marmite um, is, I think, I think you guys have it, but under different names. But yeast extract is the, the, the term. Savory treacle, essentially. Um, big, brown, and gloopy, and it's like all of the, all of the savory flavours at once. Um, but I had a spoonful of it at one time, and 
quite literally fell on the floor. Like, my legs temporarily just stopped. They were just like, this is bullshit. I used to deliberately eat spoonfuls of Marmite deliberately because it was a great way to stop mosquitoes biting you. Like, flying, biting insects will not bite you if you eat a spoonful of Marmite. Really? Yeah, they cannot stand the stuff. That's good advice. No, they can't stand it, so... Yeah, if you don't have an, like bug spray with you, just eat some Marmite. That's good to because, know. Because, because everyone carries Marmite with them. Well, they will now, because we're giving, we're giving survival advice. But uh, no, bugs bite the shit out of me more than anyone else, possibly because my blood is like 90% chip fat. And <laughs> they, they really go for me. Uh, and I, have, I struggle to find ways to keep them off. I am that irresistible to yeah. invertebrates. Yeah, bugs don't, they never really bother me. It's like, stay away from the smelly Irish man. Well, much, much like your attitude to Marmite, bugs could take me or leave me. There we go. We represent the entire spectrum of mosquito attitudes on this podcast. We have Hello? a diverse cast. I found Amsterdam, so that's all right. Well, that's all that matters. Mm. At the end that's all that matters. <laughs> Forget, you know, compelling podcasting on a decent internet connection. I found Amsterdam <laughs> in my lorry and worked out what side of the road I was meant to be on. So I think well, I won could, tonight. You, now that you're in Amsterdam, you could probably uh, very likely find something to help you fall off a bridge. <laughs> well, this is what I'm thinking is I'm going to get to Amsterdam and then just stop driving my truck for a while. I'll just enjoy Amsterdam while I'm here. I'll try and find some of Bob Marley's USB cable drink. It'll be lovely. I uh, I went to Amsterdam once. I went to Amsterdam once as well. It's a lovely city. I didn't go to the city. I passed through the airport. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's me going to Amsterdam. Um, funnily enough, I had a really nasty, I'm talking vicious, infection on my foot. I'm talking... Um, the kind of thing that makes a doctor look at it and go, oh, like that. Um, and the, the, the kind of thing that's like, he's going to hack it off now before you bite him. Oh, there was a risk of it. I'd, I'd had an issue with, um, for a long time, I just couldn't get it sorted uh, by a UK doctor. Um, and then I went to uh, America and paid for it and got it fixed. And what um, was it? I mean, I'm all for that. It was, it was just like a fucking like, ingrown toenail thing. But um, I I try not to talk about it too much because I know people can get very unwell when hearing about foot things. Um, (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In fact, most of some of my best stories involve horrible things happening to people's feet, and I I have to be careful where I tell them. Um, But anyway, this was vicious to the point where like it it had like it been on and off for years, and no doctor I'd seen had ever actually bothered to fucking fix the problem at its source. Uh, So it just kept coming back and shit. Um, Mm. To the point where, when it was finally dealt with, it had almost touched bone and was sort of going to be seriously problematic. But it got fixed, it's all fine now. Um, But in Amsterdam, uh, they had police dogs there looking for drugs. And I was followed to my gate by a cop with a dog because it was very interested in my foot. (laughs) So I I guess that there must be some strand of cocaine that smells like dying, dying flesh and pus. Or possibly, possibly you had started to grow a new organism which had narcotic properties. That could be 
that, that could be the case. I could have developed some sort of new drug that mm. out there somewhere in, in the streets of Amsterdam, people are selling Sterling Foot. <laughs> Sterling Foot. <laughs> uh, I'm about ready. If we've got questions, I'm ready to hear them. Yeah, Laura, stop driving and talk to us. <laughs> Sorry, I caught have the word Laura there. What's going on? I didn't. <laughs> uh, you said you had questions for us. I have questions for us, yes. Um, let me find the questions that are decent ones. Um, where are the questions that actually make sense where people have formed coherent sentences? I know there was one of them. Here we go. Um, Joel Daly at the DVD Grouch wants to know, working on the internet as we do, do us folk find time to watch other internet personalities and the such? And if so, who do we like? It's a good question. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't it's, really it's an actual to intelligent question. Someone put, someone put a sentence together. Well done. I don't really watch a lot of podcasts or listen to them, but a few you... I like... Um, actually, I watch Jim, Jim's, Jim's channel a lot. And I watch Total Biscuits channel. And what else do I watch? Gosh, I don't know, really. I don't watch much stuff on YouTube anymore. I used to be big into, like, watching Call of Duty players talking over their gameplays. It was, like, some of them are used to be very funny when they would get angry and stuff, but I kind of got bored of that. <laughs> Music um, is the main thing I watch on YouTube, really. I listen to some podcasts that I enjoy, um... I recently started listening to... I, I listened to the whole thing this last week. I listened to Serial, which is an interesting podcast. Where it's yeah. like, hey, here's, here's a man who was in prison 15 years ago. Let's look at the, the things he might or might not have done. That's interesting. Um, I like the Extra Credits YouTube channel. They're quite good at talking about video games in a smart way. Obviously, yeah, I, like I like Gavin and Jim. Credits. Jim and Gavin, those you are know, two of my favourite internet personalities. Um, <laughs> That's all I was sitting here waiting for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see, what do I... I like, uh, I like Rets of Prey. Um, they are... They're fun. Uh, it's a <laughs> slow beef and diabetes. Um, they're good. Uh, Lee Alexander does really good lo uh, <sighs> Let's Plays. Her lo-fi Let's Plays, like, it's, she's got one of those voices that just makes you just kind of half-close your eyes. And just yeah, feel nice, like it gives, um, it's what's the word? Is it ASMR? ASMR, I think, <laughs> yeah. is the thing. Yeah, like it's very, very good um, yeah. stuff. So, yeah. and she does really interesting, like old, uh, old Apple Mac adventure games and stuff. Uh, so that's good. I like Jeremy. Video. Jeremy Johns is great. Jeremy Johns. <laughs> yeah, he does um, like movie. He can and be game hit reviews. and miss. Oh, really, think. really good. He's your competitor, he can... Jim. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, one, one I like that Angry I've Joe oh. as well. Yeah. Angry Joe's um, a lovely one, guy. It's just a lovely yeah. boy. I knew Isn't him he? before he was He's famous. Great, great man. Oh. Um, one that I quite like, um, podcast-wise, for non-video game stuff, I really like the Digital Drift podcast, which is like super, super, super long, in-depth breakdowns of like films and TV series and things, and it's a lovely husband and wife couple that I've met, Alex Shaw and Sharon Shaw. They're both very nice. I love their work, so... Go listen to Digital Drift. It's smart things about stuff that's not usually video games. That's nice. I like yeah. um, I like Video Gamer. They do some wonderful original videos. Uh, their YouTube channel is Video Gamer TV. Um, they have a series called Your Old Da. 
in which one one of them plays just the belligerent Scottish father of the other one, uh, just reacting to video games. And <coughs> it's oh, fucking wonderful. Uh, there's a video of him just wandering around, I think, either E3 or GDC with a Primark bag. And just the image of a man, <laughs> like, just belligerent hairy Scott in a string vest with a Primark bag at E3 is just one of the funniest images. Um, what else do I like? I like the Wolfgore show when he used to do videos. He was the one who did the very famous um, the Olsen twins doing the pizza song in slow motion. And he had a, has a whole bunch of videos. Doesn't really do them anymore, but Wolfgore show is awesome. And I had one more. Northern Lion, I watch his Isaac Let's Plays. Ever since I became obsessed with Binding of Isaac, uh, Northern Lion does really nice uh, videos of, of that. I, I watch very nerdy, um, very nerdy music shows like they'll get like the producers on and talk about the compressor they use on the last <laughs> Kanye West album. <laughs> I love all that kind of stuff. Um, that was a good was question. Was that it for coherent questions? That was a good question. It was a very good one. Yeah, well done person who came up with a coherent thought. I do still need to set up some sort of proper official public area of question asking. Um, <laughs> I keep forgetting. That's it. Pure incompetence on my part. Um, but we will get that done in time because I know people really like it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's us done if we're done. I think so. I Are think we, we can probably end I think here. So. Laura needs to get back to uh, back Laura to the Lawrence is dying to get back to driving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in that case, uh, Laura, when you're not crashing uh, trucks and driving them off bridges, what else are you doing online and how can people look at it? You can find me on Twitter at Laura K Buzz, which is where I tweet about most of the shit I work on. Um, you can pay some money so that I can afford to have food and a place to live by going to patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. Um, that's a thing where you can give me money on the regular and stop me being a homeless person. Um, and then just go go on Google. You'll find all my things. I write for Destructoid and Indie Haven and I do the Indie Haven podcast the Geek Night in, Oh No Video Games Category Video Games, which is now moving over to Bleeding Cool, so that'll be a thing from next week um, Destructoid Gaming Butts and all the other shit I do uh, Okay, Sweet. And, yeah. and Gavin, Gavin, you do stuff. I do uh, stuff sometimes, tell yes. the lovely children about it uh, I make lots of music and lots of songs, and they're brilliant, so go and buy them. And you can find me on Twitter, at Miracle of Sound, or you can find me on YouTube by searching for Miracle of Sound, and you will find over 130 songs. So there's bound to be at least one that isn't shit, maybe, possibly, probably. They are quite good. Um, I like them. I'm a fan. And speaking of people I'm a fan of, you can check out my channel, at Jim Sterling on YouTube, um, support the Patreon. It's the end of the month. You know, people have left. Replace them. Um, <laughs> Jimquisition, that's uh, patreon.com slash Jimquisition. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jim Sterling and check out reviews, videos, and all sorts of other shite at thejimquisition.com. Emphasis on the the. And that's that. We will see you next time. So have a good week and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.